Quaffing port. Oh no! What if somebody finds our secret hideout underneath the Asda in Milton Keynes? Excuse me. This must be the deep state postman with my gigantic demon horse statue I ordered. Excuse me brothers whilst I go and shed my old skin, don't complete the ritual without me. Hello guys do you have a moment to talk about the great reset? I've been playing you all like a fiddle. Tee hee hee delightfully devilish. Ah ha 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 it was me all along mwah ha ha. We finally did it. We convinced the people that Haribo Tangfastics do not contain mind control substances. Now moving on to Phase Alpha Mark III. But what actually is hidden underneath that temple though? Does that not just break your brain? The New World Order For the first time in a long time I sat down this morning because uh, I got up extra early, so I had the treat of watching BBC News today, and they had a wonderful, charming uh, Wednesday morning story about uh, Fred West, the serial killer, and then reminding everyone eating their breakfast about how you know this man uh, tortured and killed a bunch of young women, and how there's one extra victim they may not have got. And I'm just like eating my fucking toast, like, "Good morning to you too, the BBC. Thank you very much. Let's let's dig that up, that old thing up from however many years ago, and." And, you know, we put that on national news. It's like, oh, slow news day. Let's just talk about the famous serial killers, the pictures of the man, you know, like there. And in other news, the weather, you know, I just thought that was great. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Like, I always find that on the BBC. Like, you'll be watching some completely dire news story. And then, like, five seconds later, they're like, in other news, this dog was awarded a medal today no, for yeah, bravery and service. It's like... Excuse me, what is happening? They had some guy who's like, I am probably the best expert in the the Fred West. I wrote the book, and he murdered and, and tortured and killed people. Well, fascinating. Now the government is thinking that we might be microchipping cats. Well, you know, you know and it's like you just sort of switched over it, and like imagine just all the. I'm just sat there, you know, like with trying to enjoy my morning and get myself, you know, mentally prepared for a day of work, and I have in my head, you know, just like. You know the unfathomable horrors of man. Um, All right, I, actually, I've I've got one. I've got one. I forgot about it until just now. Let's re, let's do a rewind. Like, okay, yeah. Um, hi and welcome to a, an episode of Quapping Port. So I was um reading in the news earlier, not about anything uh, horrible or strange, for a change. I was reading about the fact that in Chicago they've released a thousand feral cats to combat the city's rat problem. <laughs> How feral does a cat have to be to become part of this uh, program? Basically, they have to be like in the cat system, but like unrehomable. So these are the cats which you couldn't ever hope to get them adopted because they've gone too far off the deep end. <laughs> they're, too, they're too wretched and murderous to be rehomed. So that they've released them onto the streets of Chicago to uh, eradicate rats. They're hanging. I've I know the poem, the old woman who swallowed the shoe. So after next, they're gonna get you know there'll be a bunch of goats or something patrolling the street after the cat. I don't know what eats endemic. cats. I think goats. It was dogs, maybe. Then it was goats. Apparently, that eat dogs, according to the song. I know well, the goats. Not factual. In it, yeah. I mean, a goat via dog. My money's on the goat though. I don't know. I don't know. Depends on the, goat, well, depends on the breed, I guess. Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, like, like a... your, your standard chihuahua is going to get yeeted by a goat, no problem. Yeah. But, like, you know, Rottweiler versus a medium sized goat. But like a, 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 a nice, docile, tempered, you know, Labrador against a wild mountain goat with, you know, oh, yeah, for huge sure. Those virile are... balls, as we know. <laughs> you know, they're not, it's not going to stand a chance. I th- yeah, I think you're right, but no, they did they did spay and neuter these cats before releasing them. Thank so they God, can't, like, actually, amass that... an army of. See now that would breeding. be. See, I'm almost disappointed they did because that that's, that means that we don't get the inevitable like two years later, the cat epidemic in Chicago is <laughs> and people are you know uh, having to run from their cars to their buildings to stop the <laughs> armies of. You know, feral kittens from like mewling at their feet, and you know, you got it's just escalating into ever larger animals. Chicago, the mountain goat infestation, it's like what kills has driven out the cats. 
and you've yeah. got yeah, like cougars and stuff. I released fourteen hundred jaguars into the streets of Chicago to deal with that cougar problem. And yeah, violent crime has been reduced by fifty percent. <laughs> a cougar related deaths of so <laughs> Gun violence in Chicago is now a thing of the past. Lion violence. Maybe that's it. Because Chicago is notorious for its its gun violence, so you probably could release a whole bunch of, you know, man eating big cats and um you know, into the into some sort of like nocturnal predator and that would discourage you know, people from you know committing crimes in the night or doing anything. That's a truly all. chaotic uh, way to govern, Sam. I'm glad you're not. <laughs> so that people will have no time to fight each other. They'll be too busy fighting my giant cats. <laughs> no, think, think about it though. That will you, it will like create a solidarity between the people where they're like, hey, we should put aside our differences and unite against the, the cats, the big. You know, monsters. I think there is actually a a cat loose in, in America right now. There's like a tiger that's loose somewhere in Texas or something like that because like some fucking exotic exotic Joe wannabe like accidentally oopsed it out of his <laughs> house or whatever. Oh man, See, that's cool. Isn't there meant to be one in like Britain though? Isn't there meant to be a few? Oh, the Beast of Bodmin Moor. There's a few of those that are yeah rumored to have broken out of, you know. Whatever. Supposedly, and, yeah. Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. Maybe they were deliberately set free by some sort of insidious cabal of you know of, of silhouetted men with cigars you know, whose faces you can't see. You know, in a smoke-filled room lit by uh, dingy lanterns who are plotting the the demise of the world. What would you say, Sam? I'd say that sounds a lot like our topic for this evening. So. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me! Oh my god! Yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about various conspiracies involving the New World Order and what that entails and, and how it's transferred through the ages and all the different kind of theories that go along with that. You may also know them as the Illuminati, uh, the Freemasons, um, Jay-Z and Beyonce, um, all that kind of thing. So yeah, we're, we're going to jump in and we're going to talk a little about them. They're globalists. They're releasing tigers. They're coming. They got big cats out of the street. Stay safe, people. Don't go out at night. You'll get yourself, you'll get yourself mauled. Yeah, that kind of that kind of thing. Um, and I think <laughs> what this episode will teach people is not to fear the f- the future and our, and our new world overlords, but more to accept that they know best, and and they have our best interests at heart. And just to give you, give yourself up to them. Just, just let it go. Oh, it feels so good. Just, just to let go, guys. You know, doesn't it feel? Does it feel nice and warm? Yeah, I, I think there is a certain comfort, I guess, in, in knowing that someone has got a master plan because I serious fucked in. But um, the the thing that I suddenly sort of started to hear about that's got me onto this topic is. Um, the World Economic Forum, and it's been kind of floating around for a while now. I actually did a bit of digging and, and found out that this this organization was founded in 1971, uh, but I'd never really heard of it until now. It's, it's been around for a while. It's our, our good friend Klaus Schwab, that guy from the, the poster and that, and that image you sent me. Yeah, so I, I was out and about in the, in the real world, and I saw an image on a poster, and the quote says, uh, in the future, you will own nothing and be happy. Um, and this is an idea that's that's behind the, the World Economic Forum. And essentially what the World Economic Forum is, is a sort of select society of elite billionaires, millionaires, whoever. And they meet like once a year to discuss the problems in the world and how they're going to solve them. It's all very sort of spooky seeming to ordinary plebs like you and I. But realistically, they do have an quite open agenda that they have a website you know and you can go on it and you can google them and they have like very swish videos with you know motion graphics and like stock footage and it's all like oh the world is in chaos and it's showing all like horrible images of rivers of trash and people on fire and all that kind of shit 
And then it's like, oh, but, you know, we're going to do better capitalism and we're going to reimagine and re-evolve and read this, Great reset, as they say, you know. Yeah, and they, they, they go on to, to talk about something called the Great Reset. And this, this links in with the pandemic. I think they sort of came up with this idea last year um, during or, or, you know, around the start of the time of the pandemic that the upheaval caused by the pandemic and all the chaos and harm that's come along with it is like an opportunity and it's an opportunity that will allow us as a world to reevaluate our systems and turn a corner and and do things differently yeah i mean i i find like it's interesting that they are again they're, they're pumping this all kind of stuff out during the pandemic because i feel like post a transition into the post-pandemic world is a fantastic opportunity to do some sort of great reset to do you know there's that um stat that trillionaires or billionaires even the richest people have have gained you know um yeah, vast amounts of pretty much the exact same amount i can't remember the actual figures but it's like a certain amount of billions that the, the working class has lost during the pandemic and then there's that same amount of money that has been pretty much transferred upwards to the people who you know run amazon that kind of thing as people you know t- uh, take to their um their services to to run things during the pandemic and you know i feel like we this is a good opportunity to sort of do a sort of a realignment of um you know the power and wealth and that kind of thing but do i trust the guys who run the world economic forum to decide the best way to uh reassign that wealth i'm gonna i'm gonna say no and i'm gonna remain kind of a skeptical of their bullshit really to be quite honest yeah, I, I think you're right to be skeptical. I mean, I'm I'm certainly skeptical because, you know, when someone's coming along and saying in the future you won't own nothing and be happy, you know, someone's got to own the things. I mean, the, the, the thinking is that we need a new system and that our, our current system is broken. But they, they, they posit a move to a, a different kind of capitalism called stakeholder capitalism, in which corporations are orientated to serve the interests of all their stakeholders. And among those stakeholders, you've guessed it, baby, that's you and I. You know, we're stakeholding in this. How do we hold the stakes? Are we allowed to get close enough to poke people with them? I don't think so. I think that our stakes are going to be metaphorical. And when we say that we're going to be holding them, I think it's more likely that they're going to be holding us at the end of the stakes, you know. Um, the tip of wealth that you've you've talked about towards those who are already in power is, is very much a real thing that happened. I think the, the richest 5% or something like that increased their wealth by 40% during the pandemic. Like, it was an absurd amount of money that they made. And how did they do that? You know, they did it by lobbying the government, you know, for, for contracts. They did it by scooping up um, pandemic profiteering, as they've called it in, in some newspapers, scooping up these kind of like cushy government contracts and, and selling cheap and nasty snake oil to people. It's definitely something kind of sinister and weird, but also like, there's the air of conspiracy about it, but it's one of those things which is kind of strange because it's not actually a conspiracy. It's a very like publicly and openly stated ambition of people who are extremely obscenely wealthy and powerful, and it's there. You know, they have they literally have it on their website. They're they're, they're putting out advertisements for it. They're sort of telling you that it's going to happen. It's it's their ambition that we know about it. Which it makes it strange because it is a bit of a lightning rod for those kind of conspiracy theorists as well. But it's very difficult to find ammunition for conspiracy when it's plainly laid out in front of you. Yeah, and I feel like that is one of the things that I kind of see, or, or that makes that stops me from kind of falling into the conspiracy uh, sort of mindset. Is obviously there are true conspiracies out there. There are real you know, actual things that have been you know, covered up and done behind closed doors, whatever. And there's some of them that have leaked out, some that we will never know about that kind of thing. But um, a lot of the... Like, I find <coughs> Bigfoot. <coughs> but a lot of the sort of New World Ordery kind of things uh, that people come, come out with and say, oh, there's a secret cabal that's behind this. It's like, no, it's not a secret. They are, it's, it's all in, out in the open. It's the various... Like, Hello! You know, it's like, it is like the UN and NATO and you know, the European Union and there's kind of you know, groups and you know the uh, G12 whatever I can't remember how many G's there are G8 G unit G unit yeah that's the one yeah G unit G unit 
And uh, um, you know, it's those kind of kind of groups, the Bilderbergs, people. Conspiracy guys love the Bilderbergs, but it's like those it's those kind of like fellows that do do set those agendas that, that do actually wield the power. And a lot of people find I don't know why, but there seems to be like a push to sort of say that oh, these guys are just a front for something else. But I feel like it's fine just to sort of say no. It's these are the guys. These are the people setting the agenda, and it's not you know. It's I think that one thing that people you know really gravitate towards conspiracy theories uh, because of, and it's because it's it's a lot more exciting and interesting. Where really the truth I find will just be far more mundane. And also, it's it's confusing the truth as well. It, it's more complicated than a than a secret conspiracy. I think that the most attractive thing about blaming a conspiracy is that it gives you a solid answer. It's like oh well there's an evil group, they have an agenda, it's secret, and they're the ones causing all the bad things in the world. When in reality, it's actually a very complicated and chaotic mess, and no one's really fully in control. There are, there are people, no doubt, who are extremely powerful and extremely influential, who are able to steer things in the direction that they want them to go. And, and obviously, you know, as we've seen in the pandemic, they've been able to profit from even the most horrific circumstances. And that's nothing compared to what's going to come, you know, in the climate crisis that we're going to face in the future, you know, they're going to be able to steer things towards the way that they want them to be in that scenario as well. But that doesn't really mean to say that they're in charge of every awful thing that happens. Yeah, they didn't create these crises. You know, they are just better positioned to profit from them. And again, I feel like a lot of the Illuminati, New World Order conspiracy thing, it gives humanity, I think, too much credit to say, oh, they killed JFK and they, you know, elected Trump or whatever, and they, you know, did all these kind of things. It's like, no, people aren't smart enough. People cannot, they aren't as organized to, like, orchestrate this kind of thing. People fuck up and screw up all the time. And it's like, I don't think that anyone could, yeah, all the, all the things that are supposedly um, laid at the feet of, like, the New World Order and the Illuminati, I don't think uh, humans are capable of working together to almost to sort of to create to, to control these things like you're saying the, the systems are far too complex for anyone to really control and the best we can imagine is that people are just sort of incompetently oh well just or oh, bumbling along and oh i'll make i can make the most of this effect but they aren't i don't i i would i'd hasten to say that people aren't i don't think there's anyone truly in in control it, it, it's unfeasible to imagine that someone could have that amount of power and control because people are too stupid if you've ever worked at a medium to large size business, you, you, re- you recognize the amount of complacency and bureaucracy and waste and bickering and politics that goes on and nothing ever seems to get done. So you know, imagine that, but on a global scale, take them 20 years to decide what color the flag should yeah, be. Yeah, unless now. they really are reptilian aliens with sort of a hyper-evolved mind for dealing with logic and, and pure calculations. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to say people... Yeah, you can draw the strings. You can have your Charlie, you know, Kelly, um, you know, Pepe Sylvia boards or whatever. But people aren't smart or, or, or you know, well organized enough to actually pull this kind of stuff off. Yeah, I think the best you can get is to to definitely understand that there are people who are, who benefit from, you know, the status quo and benefit from bad things happening. You can make who are in positions of power. They can make certain situations work for them. But I feel like it's definitely a step too far to say. Oh, every single big event that's happened is all part of the, the same one thing. It's just kind of lazy, you know. Yeah. It allows you to switch off. Lazy writing. So it's lazy writing, yeah. But it allows you to switch off and say, "Oh, I don't have to care about whatever, because it's all the Illuminati. It's all the whatever. It's I don't have to uh, read up on history. I don't have to try and understand the context of the world because it's all this one big thing. Instead of it just being a a giant terrifying mess." That no one could possibly. It's like Timmy Turner's dad in uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Every time something goes wrong, it's Dinkelberg. <laughs> hey, looking good, Turner. Dinkelberg. But yeah, the, the the World Economic Forum, they have this really swish, weird video about the Great Reset and the fact that it's coming, the Great Reset, and it's an opportunity. But they never really tell you what it is. As I said before, it's kind of it's quite slick. It's got some really nice motion graphics. So, you know, they must have paid a design agency a very large amount of money to do that. It's it's all sort of like put together very nicely and it's saying this and that and the other. And it, it just has a bunch of kind of guff in it. 
that doesn't really tell you. It's almost like a kind of stock film that would play at the start of some weird sci-fi like movie from like early 2000s and, and like it's a kind of a dystopian story and some mega corporations in charge of everything you know nothing, nothing like very the world we evil. just that that video you know it's like oh. it is extre- it exudes a kind of benign evil doesn't it it's a kind of like you feel the sense of emergent despair as you watch it sort of like as if every aspect of control has slipped away from it's you it's a hopeless but, thing to 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 watch definitely yeah the people in the YouTube comments were, were particularly angry, but I felt like they were kind of angry for the wrong reasons, and they were angry at the wrong people. I mean, they were angry at, like, the kind of economic forum, and sort of Bill Gates, I guess, gets thrown in with that crowd quite a lot. I mean, I'm assuming he must be part of it, being as rich as he is. Hey, Bill Gates! <laughs> but, I mean, they, yeah, they were talking about, like, oh, you know, the pandemic. Like One, one incredibly astute commentator put a comment saying oh the the pandemic didn't change anything you know the pandemic isn't responsible for any of the problems that we faced the problems that we've faced have caused by lockdowns that's the problem you know that's the reason that we're suffering so much it's like okay well you've got this one event here called the pandemic and you've got this completely unrelated event that's called the lockdowns and that's the one when you said the person was extremely astute i was kind of and you were going halfway through i was like yes the, the pandemic isn't necessarily the problem. The pandemic exacerbates the existing... Oh, no, it's a lockdown. So the, okay, fair, fair enough. Yeah, that guy's right, you know. <laughs> he was, like, kind of half right. He was on the right track, you know. It's, like... And it's kind of true. Like, so the pandemic hasn't... Actually, hasn't really changed anything. It just made what, what was bad or what was, you know, questionable. It's just made those kind of thick gulfs wider and and worse, you know. It's just it's put them under a microscope. Yeah, but it's not... Yeah, that's funny. Just to, just to blame like the lockdowns on it. It's like no, the, the lockdowns are probably the only thing that's like that's come out out of the pandemic that's actually like a reasonable idea. It's you know, oh yes, obviously stop the spread of the highly deadly infectious disease that we're all um, you know, experiencing at the moment. And you've noticed as well that the the anti-lockdown crowd are also very much on the same wavelength and the same kind of spheres as the. Uh, climate change is a myth crowd because ultimately they're they're the people who are pushing the agenda because they're the ones who have the most to lose from lockdown in terms of like you know profits sliding and margins being tightened and all that kind of crap same with um you know climate change it's not convenient for them to have to roll back use of fossil fuels or just stop completely fucking the planet that we actually live on you know it's not convenient for them to do that so they have to create this narrative that it's somebody's fault and that's the kind of conspiracy theory that kind of exists in everyday life without us really sort of noticing it as such is that you know newspapers and things will rage against lockdowns and, and fox news will rage against lockdowns and it's easier to blame somebody in a lockdown you can say oh well, the government is forcing me to be locked down or the government is doing this and those are the people who are in charge but when there's like a global pandemic there's nobody really anyone's particular fault i mean they tried to blame it on china but it didn't really stick you know like i don't really feel that narrative is carried through especially now that uh, donald tried trump tried it hard soul, has left us they hey, did biden try tried hard. it biden ran tons of adverts that were like well, uh, Donald Trump, he's not been he's not been hard enough on China. He's been really giving him a uh, giving him an easy ride when China's made the, the pandemic, you know. There's like tons of attack ads. But yeah, like I said, the, no, that's interesting. They really haven't stuck because I think people, maybe that's a positive thing. People have just sort of been like, no, it's we're all complicit. You know, it's, again, it's the fact that there's hundreds of planes every day traveling from, you know, country to country, you know, the amount of like, again, we've touched on this before previously, you know, in, uh, when we talked about rats and the plague, and just the fact that our world requires us to be constantly connected. And yeah, if, if one pandemic or if, if some infectious you know, disease or whatever appears in one highly populated area, then yeah, of course it's going to end up being transmitted to the rest of the world. You know, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. It's one that's, it's the um, objective violence that we do, we would have to, obviously I'm not saying it's a good thing, but, you know what I mean, but it's like, you have to kind of write it into the into the maths of the equation because it's it's going to happen. We're going to shut down the whole economy. It's like no, the wheels will stop turning, and my God, they can't possibly stop churning and churning and turning and grinding and, and going because you know that would that would that would crash the whole thing. Yeah, speaking of of the wheels and turning and and all that sort of stuff, one of the um, main kind of stated goals of the World Economic Forum is to kind of review the way that we view nature. And um, they want to sort of change the way that we view nature or natural resources, you know. And they want to, I mean, 
it's a weird way that they rephrase it, right? Because obviously the word natural resources implies that like, I'm going to go fucking cut down this forest and turn it into it's shaman or whatever. Yeah. It's a resource. It's a challenge you know. for. But then they're going to change it, yeah, into a nature as a capital resource and basically like try and like re rebrand taking stuff out of nature and kind of make it more like eco-friendly seeming. And it doesn't really make any sense to me because like sticking the word capital in front of resource doesn't really make it much more. But I think they're trying to sort of admit that nature has some sort of intrinsic value, but that value is also intrinsically connected to money. It's not because we live here and we need nature to live. It's because that like nature is like, you know, it's it's like your stock options or something. Well then buy it. Well then sell it. I don't know. Or it's like your like I don't know, other business term, insert random business term here. But like that's how you should think think about nature, you know. You should think about it as like something that is like part of your business rather than like just something that you like cut down, slash and burn. No, that's that's exactly it. And I think one thing that they are um, at least interested in in starting, whether it will actually happen or not, is an entirely different thing. But they want to create a database of every single living thing on the planet, like down to every individual blade of grass. And it's almost like you saying, like, um, about giving it a monetary value. It'd be almost like, you know, well, I want to go on a trip to this Peak District Park. Well, because it has, f- you know, 14 billion blades of grass and this many trees and whatever, that, that costs all, beep, 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 oh, that's 14 pounds for a day trip, that kind of thing. And the, you can almost work out the value of the land just by the amount of stuff that's, you know, living and present in it. And having that sort of control, it gives you, you can trade, you know, stocks or whatever in, 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 in land instead of just trading you know stocks on um the potential futures of businesses and whatever and insurance companies then you're trading um the actual nature itself and what what people think of as it as its own value it's like people are like encouraging wall street people to like go and like plant trees or something. i mean yeah <laughs> like, i'm gonna be manipulating the stock market by putting more grass you got guys in, in like in like suits and ties sniffing coke in the middle of the night just like planting saplings in the middle like hey get get out of there you, you varmints you know <laughs> Brings us once again to the urgent realization of just how much there is still left to own. Item six on the agenda, the meaning of life. I mean, the ultimate motive to use everything for profit is is pretty much what has destroyed us as a species. Like, if we were able to view anything outside the lens of money and by extension of money violence, then I think we would we would be doing all right. I mean, if we were able to look at a tree and be like, ah, oh, that's a really nice tree, without thinking like, hmm, I could sell this tree for money, or I could tear off a branch and use it to beat someone yeah. to death, then, you know, we might have lived past, like, the 20th century. Yeah, you know. Um, I could charge people to look, look at this, this wonderful tree. <laughs> tree. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, but that could be that could be the case. I mean, the, the whole thing with the World Economic Forum, it's like, that's the... They're, those kind of things they're putting through, you'll own nothing and be happy, etc. It's like they're, I think they're more predictions that they have for the future. It's less like they're saying, you know, we are doing this or whatever. But again, that's. But they also ultimately have the power to shape things. They do, yeah. Way. It's like it's like them predicting. It's like in the future this will happen, and it's like, oh well, you know, maybe I'll invest a few million in a startup that's gonna, you know, control this aspect of this because I think that's the way that things are going. But it's like you know, predicting something whilst actively being engaged mm. in making now, the future happen. Sam, that's all sounding quite conspiratorially minded, you know, for me there. Really, I mean. You know, that sounds like you're getting a little bit off the deep end. You know, I've been watching too much Infowars uh, lately at the moment, Sam. Yeah, really, because I think it's dangerous to our... It's very harmful to our democracy, these kind of fake news stories. And, you know, this kind of um, panic mongering about certain things that are just fine, you know? Why not let them... We live in a meritocracy, okay? These guys all earn their... Billions and, bi- and billions and billions and billions, billions and 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 billions. They earned all of that wealth, you see. And uh, what 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 right do we, as lowly peasants who haven't earned or done anything of notes, you know, to tell them to fuck off and that they, they, it's not theirs to control, you see. My only flaw is not being born into a rich family. Yeah. So. <laughs> ah. 
Well, no, but that's like um, it kind of brings me on to what I was I was looking at earlier um, in terms of like sort of the, almost the the birth of the and, and a lot of it's it's mainly focused on the American conspiracy, but I think the Americans have the best conspiracies. Um, they have the best most the best things. Cons- I mean, like yeah, we talk about America more than we talk about. Oh, the, the UK, UK is yeah. is gone. It's oh, the UK is on in its. It's a museum. It's, it's, it's not a real country. Oh anymore. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like how the Romans would go and visit ancient Greece and be like, "Oh wow, what a charming and quaint extinct civilization." Obviously, we're the true guys who were, you know, who are now calling the it shots. Is, it is exactly it's, like that. But yeah. we we're still kind of living in the denial. You know, it's like it's like we're dead, but we just don't know it yet. The the main kind of genesis of the conspiracy theorems it's particularly in the far-right conspiracy uh, theory so i feel that's that's kind of where uh, this tends to go is in the uh, what was called the john birch society um which is founded in uh, 1958 by a retired candy manufacturer uh, robert w welch jr who after you know he'd finished a, a, a lifetime of poisoning the bodies of the american public decided he would turn <laughs> to poisoning the minds of uh, the p- people of America, who is named after this guy John Birch, who apparently was the first casualty of the Cold War, some American guy. So they just took his name and slapped it on their, um, you know, uh, conspiracy kind of thing. And it started off as just like a group of people who were you know, stringently anti-communist, of course, being in the fifties or whatever, and they believed that there was a, a some sort of cabal of um, greedy bankers, you know, quote unquote bankers, and you know. Um, you know, people like that who were who were who were, you know, working towards a one-world socialist government and to eradicate Western culture. So they viewed you know, the UN. I wish. <laughs> and it's kind of honestly, it, the, the more I read about this, and they're thinking like, oh, this is what's happening. The more I'm like, fuck yeah, dudes, great. It's like it's almost it's sad that you guys are so wrong about this because it might actually give us hope for the future that the human race can actually like. <laughs> You know, overcome its 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 darkest impulses and actually like find a path towards, you know, living together in a more harmonious and egalitarian society. But unfortunately, the world isn't quite as 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 good and as hopeful as the one that the John Birch Society you know would fear. But these guys basically held huge, um, just just pretty much anything that's bad. These guys were for were for it, and anything that was good, they were against it. It's, it's one of those weird kind of uh, things where like. You know, they, again, they they had this again the belief of the cabal that was trying to create a, a one world socialist government, uh, things like the UN and like even like the European Union when it was come out. You know, they were stringently against because it was you know countries working together, which must be of course um, some sort of giant conspiracy aimed at toppling American power. You know that kind of thing. And I think in the sixties they had up to a hundred thousand members, and um, you know they'd they'd, they'd be campaigning and they'd have quite a bit of influence in terms of like local politics like they send like six thousand letters to the american government at uh, six hundred thousand letters even to the american government when there was a summit between the ussr and the usa at one point in the 60s and they were of course very opposed to any sort of uh diplomatic relations between those two nations or the cooling off of the cold war even even more and um these these guys again they um you know, it was just—it's all standard stuff. You can—you can look at any sort of standard Tea Party stuff. It's all just limited government, really boring nonsense. I'm not going to go into it, but those kind of—you um, know—the people in that were, were sort of the birth of the American conspiracy movement. You know, like Alex Jones's parents, for example, were apparently big into the John Birch Society, and it almost kind of gives you a little opening, a little insight into the kind of the lives of these people who end up you know, spending their lives um, you know, promoting this similar sort of conspiracy crap and then and, and the you know the, the, the agenda of the of the new world order but uh before moving on though there's one a great quote i'd found which was um someone uh they did i think some people didn't like um the john birch society because they were too they didn't say anything about um the jewish plot to of course control the world through the banking system they weren't against that and the john birch society sort of came out and said look hey we're looking to stop, just stop communism, okay? We want to, um, so what? So Christians and Muslims and Jews and Buddhists and everyone can all live in a decent world without communism. But of course, after that, they were vehemently opposed to the civil rights movement. <laughs> and like, 
<laughs> it's a great contradictory thing. Apparently Ayn Rand didn't like them, though, because they were only anti-communist and not necessarily uh, pro-capitalism, which is funny because that's almost what I, I, we can consider ourselves a, um, a criticism of um, at the current, uh, like the woke or whatever movement, how it's, it's only anti-capitalist, but it's not pro-anything. You know, it's like the, it's like yeah. it's almost like the tables have been turned since you know the, the sort of the far right conspiracy now into sort of the the, the liberal, left liberal sort of um, ideas of, of the new world. But yeah, no. But the, the, this kind of society of, of guys who were you know basically just again purely anti communists, just complete boiler boilerplates, you know, um, hard right conservative stuff, um, just sort of ended up birthing, um, you know, you, you, our boy Alex Jones and his sort of whole. A cadre of people who ended up, um, you know, now controlling the narrative about the you know, the lizard people and, and the new world order. It's like they 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 started they birthed this this beast that has I think now become possibly a bit more. You, know, you say there's a hundred thousand members in the seventies, but like how many more people watch Infowars than than that? You know, it's got so much more of a reach now that it's actually uh, come out into the sort of the doxer more cultural i mean everyone knows who Alex Jones is. everyone's heard of this kind of thing now really so like what they started the beast that they've uh the you know that they birthed it ended up sort of almost taking over the rest of the um the cultural uh consciousness yeah that is really interesting i like i like how it's kind of traced back through through history and it kind of shows how those things have evolved i mean like imagine if those guys had the internet you know that they it would have been completely different i mean i guess people still send letters to the government but like you know now they like send like chain whatsapp messages and like all that kind of thing like the lightning fast communications compared to how it used to be back then so if they were around now which i guess they still are in a, in a kind of iteration way have so much more reach and power and it's not just limited to america it's it's global like the QAnon movement now is completely global there's like british q uh not gq but like british QAnon and like QAnon's groups in like europe and stuff and you know how do they get involved with it and the answer is like weird internet forums and like aitken and shit like that yeah and then you know i feel like and again it's it's very it's very strange because it's like a lot of things how in when it first started again in the 50s and 60s with the um John Birch they had a it was it was more sensible obviously it was complete nonsense they're talking about a, 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 and a cabal and the word cabal comes up a lot as well which i quite like it's and it's a good word as well for for what it is it is a good word but you see that with it sounds you see bad. that exactly yeah it's i don't really part of the cabal world but you know when you talk about QAnon and pizzagate they they love the cabal as as this the faceless man and smoking this smoking in the in the room and he's you know you can just see his silhouette and he's there over the tv and he's like you must kill the president of the congo you know that kind of thing it's like that's the um <laughs> That's that's the the image. That's the aesthetic there, but you know it's it's a lot less. You know the John Birch guys were just like yeah they were oh, anti communists or whatever yeah and civil rights, but they weren't trying to say that you know again the Chinese army had invaded America through China and been bombed up. They weren't trying to say that there was a a satanic um, group of um, you know children eating monsters that live at the heart of government. And I think I mean yeah they just didn't have the imagination. Yeah, they didn't know, and they were too naive, the original John Birches, to to truly understand the the actual depravities of the real people in power. So, good thing about um, you know, having an evil cabal, you know, is that you get to have a secret layer. So every every good massive conspiratorial body needs needs a good secret layer and uh, the the posited headquarters of the Alum- illuminati the illuminati the illuminostopodon <laughs> uh, and the new world order <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay. That <laughs> just kind of slipped out. Yeah, that. Wow, that that's came. great. <laughs> um, yeah, the posited headquarters of this shadowy group is actually the. Uh, well, where do, where do you think it is for Little Saint James, underneath the temple. 
on the island. Yeah, so underneath something. Yeah, right? okay. So underground is always Under a good, a good start, I bet. And um, people think that it's underneath the Denver International Airport. Oh. Um, and there's a huge conspiracy theory surrounding this place. It's actually really, really quite interesting and compelling. Like, there's all these kind of weird, just like details and like things that are just so kind of odd and there in plain sight that again it kind of makes you question like is somebody just like kind of playing mind games with us but it all started when the, the international airport was renovated or, or rebuilt or something and it took a lot longer than it was supposed to and there was a huge amount of work done underground and the explanation for this was that it had some sort of huge convoluted bag system where the bags were routed underground from the airplanes and taken through and so on and so forth. But people thought, oh no, the obvious answer is that they're building a shadowy base for the uh, Illuminati in a, a sort of bunker that's going to outlast the apocalypse for the worldwide elite. And interestingly enough, there is actually a plaque in the airport which uh, has the symbol of the Freemasons on it and uh, mentions the New World Order. Like, I think it explicitly thanks them or something like that on there. And it's just, that's, that in itself is pretty weird. What's even weirder is that they commissioned this artist who depicted these murals that was displayed in the airport. And some of them are, like, fairly whatever. Um, they're just, like, you know, people holding hands and, like, singing and stuff. And there's, like, children of all different races, like harmony together and it, and it's meant to be like you he, like i've watched interviews with this guy and he was like oh it's meant to be like peace or whatever but some of them are like really weird and disturbing like there's one of a, a bunch of children being marched off to a death camp by a giant gas masked nazi what, what, and what, um what? it's just like really horrific is, and weird and where was that a mural it's just, just in the airport it's just on display in the airport like you'll be walking to like catch a connecting flight and you'll just see this enormous like Nazi with a giant <laughs> machete, like marching children off to death camps, and it's it's just horrifying. It's the stuff of yeah, that's something that, yeah, and like Epstein had commissioned, yeah, 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 and and the guy who supposedly painted it is just like oh, well, it's, you know, it's this and that and whatever, and everyone's just like, no, this guy's lying. Like it's it's the deep state. Like they they've done this on purpose. They're depicting this and stuff and everything else, and like it really is kind of creepy and weird, and and it makes you question why did they do that, you know, and. Here we go. We're going to get even weirder. We're going to go levels deeper oh, take here. Me, take me deeper. The airport runways itself shaped like a swastika. No. The actual the actual way that they've structured the runways <laughs> is in like a a, a square yeah. around the true. central no, this airport. Is a, this and is this, this is, is true. SCP you can look at it somewhere. No, I can't believe it's, it. It's shaped like a swastika. <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. This is true. And they they were like, ask them why did they do that? And they're like, oh, you know, so we can use different runways at the same time it makes perfect maybe sense. it is the most efficient you know? way to talk you just oh well i mean when yeah. you think about it it does make more sense than having them all next to each other because like then the planes get crowded and they feel self-conscious but um yeah and here's an here's an even weirder this is my final favorite detail about the denver international airport conspiracy outside the airport there is an enormous sculpture of a terrifying blue horse uh, with like red glowing eyes and people say that it's meant to represent like the horseman of the apocalypse death and people have nicknamed it Blucifer <laughs> and I shit you not the guy who made it was actually killed by it because part of it fell on him whilst he was sculpting it <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> No, again, that's one of those things where it's too absurd to be a conspiracy. You know, it's like they wouldn't be like that a lazy. Horse would statue. They? Why would they spend all that money? No, it's like no, just buy more child slaves. Don't make a cursed horse statue. You know, you can just you know get another temple built on your on your fuck island. You know, you don't have to bloody you know paint creepy murals. That's too obvious. I mean, to me, that says no. That's just idiocy. That's really funny, yeah, though. It's really funny. It's really weird. And, like, all of these, like, juicy, like, visual details, like, go along with it, you know. And it it's just a really compellingly weird thing. But, like, even weirder now that this has become such a huge, like, conspiracy theory around the world and loads of people, like, buy into it. And, like, there's even some, like, 
like factual stuff that kind of makes it seem more plausible. Like there was a point during Obama's presidency when there was like a, a suspected asteroid about to hit the planet. It was like coming close to the planet. And he just happened to be in Denver, Colorado at the time that it was like potentially going to strike. Um, but like the international airport, like the people who run it, like the social media team and whatever, and like their website now, like fully acknowledges like the conspiracy theory and stuff and that it's like visit the lizard headquarters of the world <laughs> like the lizard people will enjoy your stay in denver international airport and like all this kind of stuff they like acknowledge it now and like play this tongue-in-cheek game about it and they've like i think they did cover up some of the murals recently because they were like renovating or something but like they are ghastly though so they, maybe it would be good for them to take them down but if they did you know they would obviously be commensurate amount of conspiracy theories about that yeah i think perhaps i mean i don't know again that's kind of strikes what i was saying earlier about it being um in never mistake you know malice for ignorance or you know ignorance of malice or whatever what could be explained by malice could probably just be incompetence or whatever but like that seems like they're trying to fuck with you you know, with that kind of shit. The thing you think about that horse, that reminds me of that one in the Leeds shopping centre, the sort of the pack yeah. mule, the shopping centre, which has this gigantic sort of wire statue of a horse that's laden with baggage. And it's like standing, like painfully with its back almost crumpling under the weight. And it's almost sort of to say, this is you, you fuck. This is you crumpling under the weight of all the shit you have to buy. Uh, in our, in my shopping like center, perched on a tiny little pedestal, it like, is struggling yeah. to balance, just yeah. laden with bags, and then like, yeah, why? Cause it doesn't look good. It's certainly visually striking and memorable, and it's it creates a weird presence in the middle of the shopping center. But yeah, it is it is very on the nose, isn't it? It's like, and, like we maybe you. we're just looking at it that way. Yeah, <laughs> but like some artists or some sculptor must have thought, oh, this is going to be a great piece to to go in there, and I would love to to ask them. You know, why did you make it like that? And they probably would have been like, oh, I really like horses, you know, or some, some stupid shit like that. And they, but then you think, well, you know, did you not think about this metaphor? And they're like, no, I don't think it represents that at all. Dude, Den and we need to go to Denver International Airport. We need to go undercover and do a night at the museum kind of thing and sleep over and see if we can catch some of the rituals going on in, in the tunnels. You know, bring a bunch of ghost Bigfoot hunting ghost equipment or whatever we can like sneak around it and and try and find bill clinton like sucking blood out of an infant you know he's can... loose in the tunnel <laughs> <He's loose. laughs> it's like a fucking alarm going on like... the whole thing shuts down <laughs> slithering bonelessly across yeah, the concrete yeah. floor it's like with his blind milk snake eyes or whatever, and his tongue flicking out as he's sort of tasting the air, yeah, scrambling around in the vents as he does, allegedly, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I encourage you to look up the the Denver International Airport conspiracy and and all of the imagery and and fantastic uh, art that goes along with it. Um, I think, um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting evening talking about conspiracy theories with you, Sam. And um, yeah. certainly, um, if there is an, an international cabal out there, I would like to put this message out and say, we are available for sponsorship opportunities, <laughs> and we will vehemently deny your existence for a fee, of course. In fact, we may already be on the payroll oh. and uh, oh, know. playing a double mind game and simply eroding faith in people's uh, ability to discern fact from fiction simply with our inane babblings. Just speaking of mind games, I just wanted to just finally end on something I found quite interesting, which is the uh, the Operation Mindfuck, which is something that was um, uh, going on, I think in like the 60s or 70s or whatever, in like in America. And this was a, a, a bunch of, a couple of like libertarian hippie guys in Playboy magazine who had decided that the idea of a conspiracy theory and some sort of, you know, because this is just when like the John, after John Birch kind of thing was, was coming around and these guys were thinking, oh, it's, it's so, so bizarre. And how can people believe all these conspiracy theories? So they decided to publish in Playboy magazine, the, this operation mindfuck thing, which is basically, basically sort of saying, oh, there's this group of people called the Illuminati who control everything, every single event or whatever, these guys are behind it. And they did it as a joke to sort of say, look how stupid that is to believe it. And, you know, this is this is the um, 
you know, imagine believing this nonsense. But of course, like all of these kind of things, it completely backfired and ends up actually creating or, or helping to spark the actual true Illuminati conspiracy theory. Um, because a, a couple of guys just wanted to uh, you know, create a fake conspiracy to sort of show how stupid uh, actual conspiracy theories were. But yeah, it just ended up sort of actually fueling uh, the idea that there is actually some sort of, yeah, gross evil cabal uh, around at the time, which I think is very funny. Um, it is pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny, you know. And they made this whole thing just to make it seem how, you know, make it seem very stupid and ended up just sort of completely disproving their own point, really. Yeah, it's like the ultimate me. ironic success. It's like they proved their point, but in the most yeah. awful way possible that like completely defeated their own aims. It's like the monkey's paw or something. Like they got they did their get monkey's paw wish, with it. exactly. Yeah, but it was like twisted and dark. The end of the end come to into quite a dangerous conspiracy. Theory. But I mean, like at that kind of point, like real conspiracies were being uncovered anyway. So I think it's like you know, with, like, MK Ultra, like, stuff shit the CIA was doing in South America, and, you know, whatever, that kind of nonsense, and, like, they were sort of, people who were finding out about these things would sort of be like, well, I, you know, if, if what I, I know these things are true, so why wouldn't there be an Illuminati? And those guys didn't quite count on the fact that, you know, people would actually figure out, you know, the, and, and find out on these real conspiracies, you know, they, they weren't quite um, you know, prepared for the actual you know, the true nature of it. And yeah, the whole thing uh, ended up getting uh, a bit a bit more carried away than they would have wanted it to be. Definitely. You know, Sam, truth truth is in short supply these days. But if there's one place where you can always count on finding something approximating truth, it's it's right here on, on Quaffing Port, which Made is delivered with to you... Made with 100% truth. That's written <laughs> on the bottle. Delivered to you on, on roughly the same day uh, once a week. So uh, keep tuning in, and uh, we'll keep making these episodes. Peace. Hello. It is me, the Illuminati. We want you to keep listening to Quaffing Port. We appreciate their rational explanation of how such a society as ourselves could never truly exist. Yes. Keep listening. Follow all of the Quaffing Port social media accounts and consume their level-headed opinions. Yes. Very good. It is all coming together. Now I must leave you. I am late for the ceremony. I still hope there is some cheese pizza left for me. Goodbye. <laughs>